Well, blessings to you. We're in a series of messages titled Rebuild. Rebuild. And Rebuild is really, we're studying the book of Nehemiah together, and the idea of the rebuild is this. Nehemiah was tasked by God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, the gates of Jerusalem. Well, the the truth of the matter is, all of us at some point in our life are going to be involved in some type of a rebuilding project. And maybe more, more than a remodel of a house or a rebuild of a business, those are all very significant things. But sometimes we have to rebuild relationships. Sometimes we have to build, rebuild our life because our life is just we've kind of crashed and burned. We have to rebuild the infrastructure of who we are. We have to, to lay, take a look around us and the various things that we're experiencing as a, as a family, as a people, as a city, and we have to come together and figure out how to rebuild it. Well, Nehemiah does an amazing job in his memoirs of, of showing us the principles of rebuilding. And he is in a very, very amazing project. It's a, it's a huge project. And so far, what we've seen is we've seen Nehemiah uh, overcome all kinds of opposition, you know, put together a plan, bring people together to make something happen. And then today we're going to look at something that I think is just so very, very significant. But before I give you the title, before I give you the title, and some of you already know it because if you go on to you to, or version, it's already there and all the notes are on version, and everything is there for you. So you can do that on your Bible app. I encourage you to do that. I asked you last week to make sure you download that thing if you haven't already got it on your devices. version is a free app and it's a great way to keep connected not only with what we do in our, on Sundays as far as questions for life groups and follow-up questions, but also the notes and all of the companion scriptures. Anyway, uh, maybe you've heard a phrase uh, like this phrase next level, next level. And there's a lot of different, that means a lot of different things to different people. You can be a a next level or world-class athlete, for example. And I think we understand what that is. What a, what a, I was, I've been watching a lot of, I watch a lot of highlights of the NBA and I don't necessarily watch complete games. And I'm a, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. So uh, just, that's just the way things are. And I (laughs) have to deal with that in Southern California. I am still a Golden State Warriors fan, have been for 40 some years. So just the way it is. Anyway, I love watching Steph Curry. I just, in fact, the other day I heard this phrase about Steph Curry. He might be, and I'm not suggesting he is, he might be the best shooter of all time in the NBA. Now that's a huge statement. But what that, tells, what that tells me is this, he's next level. He's next level. He is world class. So think about that. Also, I think next level can also mean to some, to some, the next level on a video game. Okay? Now, <laughs> I heard an amen from behind the stage. I, and I know who that is. I know who that is. And it's not Pastor Martin. Okay? Anyway, there's that next level where, you, where you're here, but then you, you level up. There, there's something more. There's greater responsibility. There's, there, you just got to do more at the next level. Also, a, a next level musician. Uh, Marcy and I, on a couple of occasions, have had the opportunity to see the Eagles in concert. Now, I want to tell you something. I was absolutely blown away by their musicianship. Okay? Now, now, I'm not suggesting you should be an Eagles fan, but if you're not, sorry, you should, you know. But they're, they're next level. They are world class. So now think of this. What about, what about next level leadership? What does that look like? 
next level leadership. Does that even exist? Uh, is, and if it does, what does it look like? And again, if so, can we, can we become next level leaders? Now, think about this for a minute. I believe the answer to all of those questions is yes. And you say, but Gary understands that I'm really not a leader. Oh, oh yeah, you are. Every one of us, every one of us leads in some capacity. Every one of us. You do not diminish what your leadership uh, role is at this moment. All of us do. And I believe that next level leadership is within our grasp. Now, when you think about world-class or next-level anything, whether it's an athlete, a musician, whatever it might be, it's estimated that it takes about 10,000 of, 10, of dedicated hours to become world-class. 10,000 hours devoted to your craft. Whether that is becoming a world-class violinist or it is a world-class athlete, it doesn't matter. About 10,000 hours. Now, let me put it in perspective for you. That is approximately five and, a half, five and a half hours a day, five days, excuse me, five hours a day, day for five and a half years. And you say, next level leadership, if that's what it's going to take, I'm out. I'm done. Can't do it. Can't do it. Not possible. I can't even believe you're going to talk about this stuff because I am not, I am not there. You don't understand my schedule. Let me help you with that a little bit, Okay. Let me help you with that. Just, but think about this. Rebuilds of lasting, rebuilds of lasting eternal value require next level leadership. If you want to rebuild your family, you want to rebuild your life, you want to rebuild whatever it is that God has put on your heart, I'm going to tell you, it's going to take next level leadership. It's not going to be mediocrity devoted to leadership that's going to make it happen. No, it's got to be next level. So let me help you with your schedule for a second. All right? Uh, Americans average a little over two hours a day on social media. Yeah, I heard it get really quiet. Two hours a day of social media. Let me go on. Americans age 18 or older, uh, more than four hours a day watching television. Mm. Three hours and 45 minutes a day interacting with your smartphone. Boy, it's quiet. Thank you for all of those amens online today. Way to go. You see, we dedicate ourselves to things that we value or things that we have interest in becoming or doing. Do we have the same passion about next level leadership? We should because every one of us in this room this morning, every one of us online this morning it's going to be in a rebuild project at some point. Some point. I have been in a rebuild project. And I'm not talking about building a building. I'm talking about rebuilding some things within my life. And it requires a rebuild of eternal lasting value is going to require next level leadership. And my hope is that you will commit yourself to it. Nehemiah shows us a way. Shows us the way. Nehemiah chapter 7 going to begin reading at verse number one. Nehemiah chapter seven. I'm going to read all, I'm not going to read all 73 verses of chapter seven, so you can take a deep breath, okay? Besides, I would not do well on a pronunciation of all of the biblical names. That was one class I did not take either in college or in graduate school. So there you go. 
We're going to read verses 1 to 5. Take a look at it with me. After the wall had been rebuilt and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites, the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem, my brother Hanani, along with Hanani, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is hot. While the gatekeepers are still on duty, have them shut the doors and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts and some near their own houses. Now the city was large and spacious, but there were very few people in it, and the houses had not yet been rebuilt. So my God put it in my heart to assemble the nobles, the officials, the common people for registration by families. I found the genealogical record of those who had been first to return. This is what I found written there. And then he goes on and he chronicles some of the things that he has written or, or he had found. And then he went on and he begins to list literally the thousands of people who had returned to Jerusalem with him from Persia. From this, I want to draw a few thoughts about next level leadership that, I, that we observe in Nehemiah's life. The first thought is this. Next level leadership is spiritually focused. Next level leadership is spiritually focused. Now, you might, as you begin to read this portion of Nehemiah, you might just rush right on by it and not necessarily see it. But you'll see the first task that Nehemiah does, the first thing he does was the appointment of gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites. Now, why is that significant? Nehemiah is careful to prioritize the matters of spiritual life over the matters of social life. He doesn't diminish the importance of the social life that's gonna happen in Jerusalem, but he prioritizes the spiritual life by the appointment of gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites. The gatekeepers ensured that the gates were locked, hear this, on the Sabbath day, and protected the city from those who entered it. You see, what was he doing? He was prioritizing the Sabbath, the day of worship, and the gatekeepers were tasked with doing that. The second group is the musicians. What did they do? They led the people in worship to God. And then what about the Levites? These were the teachers and the interpreters of God's word. His focus was spiritual. And honestly, for us in any rebuild project and for next level leadership, you want to be a next level leader spiritually you must be focused. That has to be your priority. It is not growing in all of the leadership stuff that's out there. And I will tell you, there's a lot of it out there. There's tons to be gained. There's so many good things to learn. But it must have a, you must be an, I must be spiritually focused, first of all. Matthew 6, 33, and you, you may know this verse. It's so very familiar to many of us in the church. From the Amplified, it reads, but first, and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom, God's kingdom, and his righteousness, and his way of doing and being right. The attitude and the character of God, and all these things will be given to you well as well. I'm telling you, that is so powerful. It is so powerful. Spiritually focused lives, your life and my life prioritized. Less time on social media, less time interacting with my smartphone, less time on television and more spiritually focused. It's going to do something for us. It's going to develop next level leadership in each of us. The second point or the second thought is that next level leadership values character. It values character. 
Now, we've already discovered that Nehemiah is a man of character. He, he is exemplary in his character, and he has protected his character. But not only is he exemplary in character and protecting it, he values it. And you see that in what he does next. Now, he has taken the spiritual priorities, and he's appointed gatekeepers, he's appointed musicians, he's appointed Levites for the spiritual well-being, the spiritual life of the community. But now he focuses on two individuals, one by the name of Hanani, one by the name of Hananiah, okay? Hanani was his brother, his brother. Now, this could have been a spiritual brother, but I tend to think it was his actual brother. Hanani was the one that told him about Jerusalem's difficulty. And so what you learn about Hanani is that he was reliable. He was reliable, but then you find uh, this other gentleman by the name of Hananiah, he was the commander of the citadel. The citadel was that central place of protection in the city, inside the walls. It was kind of the double-walled area of protection. So if an enemy would breach a wall, what would happen? They would retreat to the citadel. It was another place where they could defend the city. He was the commander of that. He was a reverent soldier. Hananiah was reliable and trustworthy. Hananiah had integrity and the fear of God. And that's exactly what Nehemiah says of them. They were reliable men. They feared God. They had integrity. They were honest. So what do you learn from that? You value character. We value character. Next level leadership not only lives with character, but values it. We, we value character by the things we do, the decisions we make. And the people with whom... We spend time. Now, let me give you a little interesting thought. Your, and I love this thought from Kerry Newhoff. Your competency will take you only as far as your character will sustain you. You can have all kinds of talent. And I'm telling you, Nehemiah was talented. He was a bright guy. But his competency, while well-known and easily observed, was his character. That pushed him for, and he valued it. He valued his own life, but he valued it in others. Five different thoughts on how you can develop character. Number one is prob through problems and trials. You go, what? Stop right there. <laughs> I'm off of the next level leadership train. Problems and trials, yeah. Why? Why? Listen to what Romans chapter three says. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that when we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Look, I'm not looking for trials and sorrows and difficulties and the yuck of life. Okay, I get it, but it develops character in us. Valuing character, this develops character. Also, godly relationships. Godly relationships is another one, and Nehemiah had them. So I would ask the question, do we? Do we have godly relationships? Who are, I'm going to say it again. How, who are we spending the bulk of our time around? Now, I understand as people of God, as, as people of faith, here's what we need to do. We need to be salt and light. We need to make a difference in the lows of the lives around us. But understand this little phrase. You are the average. You are the average of five people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now, that is a powerful thought. And it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Bad company corrupts good character. Be careful of who we spend time with. Also, the third thing is that we need to have a Holy Spirit-controlled life. 
As a follower of Jesus Christ, the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit should be very evident in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is the external evidence of what Jesus has done on the inside of our lives. It is the, literally the character of Christ. Do we live out the character of Christ? Yes. We are a Pentecostal people. We are assemblies of God. We are a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled congregation of people. But understand something. As important as all of the gifts are, the fruit of the Spirit is so vital to your life. It will be that which points people to Jesus. It's our character that comes out. A Holy Spirit-controlled life, Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, and you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The next thing is redeemed thinking. I would just ask the question, what are you thinking about? What are you spending your time thinking about? Paul said it this way in Philippians 4, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about, the, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Have redeemed thinking. This develops character in our life. And then number five, a Christ-like attire. You go, what? Do I have to like wear a robe from first century? What are you talking about here? Let me unpack it for you. Colossians 3, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. These are things that build character in us. And while we need to have character built in us, we also need to value character as Nehemiah did. This is the direction towards next level leadership. Third thing is the next level leadership is practically minded. Practically minded. And Nehemiah was practical. His orders to his gate to the gatekeepers to limit the time the gates were open and his plan to repopulate Jerusalem. These are just practical decisions. They're practical decisions. Sometimes it's looking at what is obvious and then acting on what's obvious. And that's really important to next level leadership. French philosopher Voltaire, now there's not much that I would ever agree with Voltaire about. This is what he said, which I completely agree with. Common sense is not so common. Okay? And I've said on a variety of occasions, we as a country have lost our collective common sense. You look at things and you go, let me just say something. The Equality Act was passed this past week by the House of Representatives. God help us. God help us. Common sense went right out the door. It's gone. Because of political expedience, because of maybe a popular direction, because culture says this, sorry. God's word is our standard. It is upon which we stand. This is it. This is it. Well, I'm for equality like the next person. But our constitution, our bill of rights, the laws that are on the books already protect equality. It's already there. We just need to abide and obey what's already there. Now, my point to us is this. We just lost common sense. We all understand what that is. And God help us. God help us. Practical decisions. Listen to what Proverbs 2, and this is from the New Living, and I love it. He says, he grants, he grants a treasure of common sense to the honest, he is a shield to those who walk with integrity. 
He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you'll understand what is right and just and fair, and you'll find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Common sense, practical decision-making, practical outlooks on things. This is a pathway for next-level leadership. The fifth, the fourth, excuse me, is next-level leadership is divinely inspired. Divinely inspired. Last week we talked about discernment and how important discernment is within our lives. And uh, it is to know what is right and what is almost right. It's that sixth sense that God's spirit deposits in us. And I offered three different ways to really build discernment within our life. Uh, One of them was to be committed to a life of prayer. The second was to know and to study the word of God. And third was to pursue a life of holiness. When we, when we commit to these things, discernment rises, we become more sensitive to how God is leading our lives. And it is, it's just extraordinary to me. Nehemiah, in the midst of all of this, he says, the Lord just kind of put it in my heart to do this. What was he doing? He was listening. He was listening to the voice of the Lord. He discerned the voice of the Lord. And this is a way for us to develop next level leadership. Isaiah 30, 21 When you turn to the right or the left, you'll hear his voice behind you to guide you saying, this is the right path, follow it. John 10, 27, my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. In the pursuit of next level leadership, let's tune our ears to the voice of Christ. When God speaks, let's listen and let's obey. And then number five, next level leadership utilizes partnerships. The list of people we see in Nehemiah 7, verses 6 through 33, there's this ginormous list of people. Can I just tell you something? Here's something I love. You read this list, and it's basically the same list you find in the book of Ezra. They're the same group of people. But here's the deal. These are real people. Look at me. Look at me. Think about this. These are real people in real time. These are not just some made-up group of some, no, these are real people in real time. It is amazing to me that here, Nehemiah would take the time to write out all of these names. They've already been written, but he does it again because they're valued partners, valued partners. Nehemiah could not rebuild the walls and rebuild the gates and set them in place by himself. It was not possible. And I think even with next-level leadership, we need partners, We need people to walk alongside us and us to walk alongside them. I think down through the years of all of the people that I've had the privilege of partnering with, I'm just going to read you a few of their names. Mal and Mary, Ken and Judy, Rhonda and Ray, Judy, Greg, Brent, Jennifer, Toby, Matt, Catherine, Mark, Jorge, Bill, and the beat goes on and on and on. You don't know any of those people. But with every name I reference, I know a person. There is somebody who built into my life and into the ministry that God had allowed us to be so involved. These are partners in ministry, and I want to introduce to you two partners this morning. We're going to talk about something really, really exciting. Would you welcome Heather and Larry? Come on, welcome Heather and Larry. You know what I just about said? Leather and Harry. And that was a mistake for me even to reference that because next service, who knows what may happen. Okay, anyway. 
Here, this, these are wonderful. Larry, you know, probably more than uh, because of royal family. He's such an advocate of royal family. Now is the West. What are you with them? The West. We need a microphone for you guys. We need a microphone. I'm going to grab Martin's microphone. I apologize. We missed that. Here we go. There you go. You're all set. Okay. What, what, what do you do? Several years ago, it started, I was the Pacific ambassador. So I had California, Nevada, and Hawaii that I was responsible right. for. Um, that has grown to the Western United States. So anything west of the Mississippi, um, I'm responsible for. So that is for growing new chapters, connecting with the current directors, building relationships, and just sharing the need to impact the lives of kids in care. 15 seconds, Royal Family is life-changing. Okay, excellent. Heather, <laughs> Heather, I've known Heather, I won't say how long I've known Heather, a long time since you were in uh, college, I think, or high school, maybe the last part of high school. Heather, you have an incredible story, and Care Portal is what we're going to talk about, okay? So uh, Larry does the Royal Family, which deals with orphans, uh, not orphans, uh, abused and neglected children coming out of s social services and foster care. Heather, you have a story connected to foster care that is just extraordinary. That's kind of led us to this day. Give us that, uh, you know, that real condensed version of that. And we're going to get to that story later sometime in the year and go deeper into it. But tell us a little bit about that story and what led us to today and talking about Care Portal. Well, today is a good day, isn't it? Yes, it is. A year ago, we were doing something pretty special. A year ago today, we were standing in a courtroom and finalizing an adoption. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very cool. I think we may even have a picture. I yeah, there's there a picture. <laughs> picture. There is, that is Pastor Gary and Marcy with us. They walked alongside us. What you see there is Carter, our little guy in the front. And we, we got him in 2014, adopted him, finalized in 2015, closed our license. We were done. And then in 2019, we got a phone call that baby sister was available. Crazy. And so unexpectedly walked through the process again, had to become relicensed as foster parents again, and finalized her adoption a year ago today. There she is. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cool? What a, you know, and what's so amazing about this story is when, as you said, you, you were kind of done with this process, and now uh, Lyndon comes along. And what happened at that moment? I mean, you were saying, what am I, how are we going to do this? Exactly. We were, we were done. We right. got rid of everything. Yeah. We, we were done with babies. Our family was complete. And so then when we said, yes, we will take her, we had the understanding that God was going to provide everything that we needed. And I mean, he did. He provided every single thing we needed. But when people would call and say, what do you need? Our answer was, I don't know, everything. Yeah. <laughs> we literally needed everything. And we just, we had an entire community walking alongside us and helping us. And we were definitely, we were partners with everybody in our community. And so they provided the needs that you, ha you had at that moment, kind of in abundance. Absolutely. So, Larry, come back to you now. A few months ago, we started talking about this thing called Care Portal. So, bring everybody up to speed again, kind of what Care Portal is and how the, we're going to get to the interface of this. So, Care Portal is uh, essentially 
a web-based system to where social workers and mandatory reporters can put needs into um, this system that is called Care Portal. So an example would be um, a bio family who is in jeopardy of losing the kids because the law states now that every child has to have their own bed. Right. So the, the social worker who is investigating the allegations for the family says, well, for you to go through whatever you need to go through, but you need to have beds for each of the children. Okay, well, we know to get a, a twin bed for a child is roughly four to $600, depending upon the quality you're looking at. Well, for the, a family that is struggling day to day, that is, that's, that's a deal significant. breaker. That's significant. huge. It's, it's a significant, deal breaker, yeah. right? So social worker will put that need into this platform called Care Portal, and then the local churches that are signed up now that Crossroads, we are now a Care Portal church, um, will receive that email saying, hey, we have this family that is in need of this bed so they can stay together as a united family. Now, we can step in and say we can meet that need. We can purchase a bed or we can purchase sheets or we can, you know, at any level, at, at any, any level, level, at right, any we, level, whether it's right. the bed frame, the Correct. mattress, the box springs, the sheets, pill, whatever. We don't have to do all of it. Right. We can you do can do some a portion of it, of it or all of it, whatever, whatever we feel like. And not do. only that, we have created already a mechanism on our website in a drop down. If you wanted to contribute financially, you can do that. And then that will go into a designated account for Correct. Care Portal. That way, when a need comes through that we cannot may, maybe meet here, we can meet financially. So Correct. that's another option. That's another. And that's a great segue for absolutely so heather now this started and larry called and said hey heather <laughs> how about care portal and what was your answer to coordinate this oh it was a resounding yes immediately so take us through kind of what happened next as you began that process with care portal yeah with care portal. so we actually we have known about care portal for a while because we were on the receiving end right. of we needed items. We actually have, in our community, we have a foster closet. I don't know if everybody knows about Elroy Foster Closet, but a foster closet is simply, it's a place that foster families can go to and receive items for free, or you can contact them. I need a swing, I need a car seat, and they will try and find it for you. So our local foster closet is actually connected to Care Portal as well. And it just happens to be run by currently the same person. So wow. Wow. we are very lucky in this area to have somebody with such a giant heart that wants to meet the needs of our foster families. And our church that just, it, it fits right in with our mission. You know, we have, we love our missionaries. We, we love our Samaritan's Purse. Right. You know, That's we right. do a lot, but we have to remember too that there's a mission field right here in our community and we have kids in need and when people say, what does foster care look like? Well, it looks like that picture that you just saw. You know, and what's so cool about this, uh, yeah, you need to understand kind of the genesis of this too. About a year ago, right before COVID just kind of shut everything down, Heather and I are standing at the door talking about this ministry, uh, not Care Portal specifically, but we were saying, how can we in a more intentional way reach into our foster families? I really want to, let's talk about this. Let's figure out a way to do it. Now, a year later, God is bringing this to fruition. Absolutely. And just to be clear, we're not asking you to be foster families. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, please come talk to me. But that's not what we're asking. What we're saying today is 
We're looking for people that are willing to receive an email. That's it. Because this care portal is utilizing the skills and gifts and talents and resources that we already have and connecting them with the people that need them. Yeah. You know what's so amazing about that? Because we're asking for partnership. That's what we're asking for. And that partnership's an email. Absolutely. And if you can help, you can help. If you can't, you can't. But maybe the next one that comes through, you can. And that's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah identified individuals in their specific gifting so that they could rebuild and keep the rebuilding process going. And that's what is so significant about this. So what would you say, what would, you, what would be the ask of those who are in the audience this morning and those joining us online? So I think we have a, an example yes, we do. of a need. So this is an example of what an email will come through and look like. This is one that Crossroads has already answered. Now, as you read this, you might see, I don't know if you can read it, but it's an 18-year-old student. She's a senior in high school. She's aging out of foster care. This student is dedicated. She works a job that she takes the bus to. She wants to go to college. She is on the right path. She just needs a little help. She's never received her license. She does not have a car. And this looks like a really big need. And it is. This has a lot of layers to it. But what you would see is underneath, this was actually requested by her guidance counselor at the high school, not her social worker. So that gives you another idea of who can do these requests. She laid it all out. This girl needs driver's training. She needs a car. She needs some cash to cover some of the registration. And so you got to see there was a church that answered and said, hey, we have somebody in our church with a car that just sits in the driveway. We'd love to give it to her. Crossroads, we were able to answer and say, we are going to pay for driver's training for her. Isn't that cool? Yeah, go ahead. And somebody (laughs) stepped up and paid for it. So it's just like, way to go, Crossroads. She has her final behind the wheel this week. She takes her test March 11th. I mean, (laughs) things are moving along. And you get to see another church said, we would like to give $300 to pay for registration or put toward it. So you can see that it's not just a need that comes in and a church answers it. We answer what part we are able to do. And so you would receive an email like this, and all you would do is be able to click, I can help. I think it says right there, follow, pray, share, or that orange button over to the right. Yes, I can help. So we will have, I don't know if it's up yet, we will have a yep. link on the Crossroads yep. Web website that It'll you can come this go week. to. Yes. Yep. And you'll be able to just click and sign up to be part of our team. You will partner with us and Care Portal to receive emails. And you can choose, I only want to hear from Marietta or I want to do all of Riverside County. So that's up to you what you would like, where your layer of comfort comes. But also, if you'd like to do it today and you'd like to get things moving, Larry and I both have a link that we can text right to your cell phone. And you can do it right from your phone where we spend, what is it, seven hours of our Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) It's, It's crazy stuff. So... Larry, tell us a little bit about a project that's upcoming, but before you do that, understand, both Heather and Larry are going to be in the lobby. Stop by, sign up, sign up, sign up. Give them your email, and let's start this process. Let's partner together with Care Portal. Now, you were mentioning about like a, the need for beds. Beds. And 
what is a way that we might be able to answer that? Or it, what is something that's upcoming, my friend? It's, it's kind of, I get kind of giddy about it. It's kind of exciting. Um, before I tell about that, this past week, I did, a, I did a search on Care Portal for Riverside, Los Angeles, and Orange County. And there was a need for 15 twin beds in their platform already. 15 of them. So there's 15 children who don't have their own space and their own place to, to lay their head at night. That's heartbreaking to me. Um, so about five months ago, um, during my prayer time and knowing about Care Portal, um, there's a rural family chapter in Oklahoma that did what they called a bed-making party. So they made twin beds for kids in care. So I called the gentleman and said, hey, give me some background on the story and all that. And then I started to put my contacts to work because if you know me and you know me well, I don't mind asking for anything. Uh, I don't want it for me. I don't need it for me. Very rarely will I ask anything for myself. But if there is a project or if there is a need that I know of, I do not mind asking. Kind of tenacious in that way. So I started pulling contacts together. I have secured the lumber to build 60 twin beds. And we're going to do a... Donated, gonna, donated, donated. That's fabulous. Donated. So zero cost. Now, the better part is I have 60 mattresses being donated, I believe, from Sealy Mattress Company. So yeah, we're, cool. talking, we're talking brand new mattresses. We're talking bed frames we are going to make here. May 1st is the day. We're going to do it on a Saturday here. At the church, Pastor Gary yep. has said... We're going to build is, some beds. We're going to build some beds. Why? Because we want to be the light to the community. Amen. We want them to know Amen. that these walls are open for all. Amen. This is a safe place for all of us, but we want to bless the community Amen. as well. Amen. So as you're praying and seeking, what goes with a bed and a mattress? Sheets, Sheets and, and pillows blankets. and blankets. Yeah, absolutely. We want to be able to, when a need comes into care portal, we want to give them all Amen. of it, not just some of it. Yep. Yep. So if you're praying and you're seeking, you're looking for a way to give and be part, and you want to be part of the bed-making party, join care portal, be part of that team, donate sheets, match, uh, sheets, pillows, blankets, all that stuff. We love it. We'll get a place to store it. We've got all that all worked out. So, You guys, this is just absolutely awesome. So partner together, huh? Come on, give them a big hand as they go. Big hand. Thank you, guys. Bless you. This is so fun. And you see, you see, we can do these things. Partnerships create just all kinds. It, it really is next level leadership. That's what it is. It's creating partnerships. And I love it. I love it. Nehemiah, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians 1 says, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and, your, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Partners, that's this group. That's us. This is exciting to be partners together and as we pursue next level leadership. And then the final thing this morning is that next level leadership obeys scripture. Oh, I have two things. I'm sorry. I got two left. I apologize. Obeys scripture. In Nehemiah chapter 7, verses 61 through 65, here's what you read. They list, there's, there's 600 people listed there, okay? But here's what is said. But they could not show that their families descended from Israel. And then, in verse number 64, there were priests who were excluded from the priesthood as unclean. It's really important to understand. This was, Nehemiah was not drawing attention to this. It was not designed to, to preserve a pure race, but rather, but rather 
to preserve a pure faith. You see, they were, he was being obedient to the law of God. He was being obedient to scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 30 says, see I, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. This is Moses. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws, then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, if you, and if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. The people were not to worship as other nations were to worship. They were to be set apart, different. And this came from the obedience to Scripture. Next level leadership obeys Scripture. We obey scripture, and I've said this numerous times. We do not filter scripture through our culture and then live out on the other end whatever we want to do. No, we filter culture through scripture, and if it does not match up to scripture, then we don't do it. That's being obedient, and that's what Nehemiah did. The priests were unclean. They could not show that they belonged to the tribe of Levi. They couldn't do it, so you have to be excluded. It's not the way things have have been done or nor are they going to be done that way. First John chapter five. In fact, this is the love, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. And then finally, next level leadership is contagiously generous. It's contagiously generous. The final verses in Nehemiah seven express the generosity of the heads of families of Nehemiah and then the people. They gave sacrificially and they gave generously. And I want to just pause for a moment and first of all say thank you to you. Uh, I've, we've said this on a couple of occasions. We ended the year of 2020 in the black. And just that in of itself with everything we went through in 2020 is a miracle of God. And I say thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's a blessing. But not only did that occur, we had an extraordinary December of extra giving, and we're so thankful for that because on our December general fund offerings, we take 10% of that, the tithe off of that, and we send it to Convoy of Hope to bless those who have less. That's what we've just made this decision to do. So on your behalf, I was able to send $7,750 to Convoy of Hope to start that process of one day to feed the world. So thank you, thank you. Generosity is something, as we read in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25 from the message paraphrase, I love this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Can I, can I just encourage you, continue to give and be generous. Give to the work of the Lord. This is an investment in heaven. You are laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. This stuff's gonna pass away, but what we send ahead, it doesn't. It makes a difference. Thank you for your generous giving. If you haven't begun to give, let me encourage you to do so. Start where you are. Give 1%, 2%. Give something so that God, the kingdom of God continues to advance here locally and around the world. Well, as we bring our time to a close, my hope and prayer for you is that you'd be a next level leader. These seven things really help us embrace next level leadership. But as we close, I want to offer three things real quick to check your leadership effectiveness. You ready? Here we go. Number one, is someone following you? Okay. Is someone following you? 
That is a good question to ask. If, if we, and honestly, I think we would be surprised how many people are following us. But is someone following you? Second, who is following you? Who is it? Who is, who is following your life? And then lastly, and maybe just as important, who are you following? Who are you following? And I would suggest the first person to follow, and the most important, is Jesus. Follow him. He will lead you into paths of greatness, righteousness, and good things, and life everlasting. And just this last phrase, if we believe we're leading and no one is following, we're just taking a walk. So it'd be my hope that we would be next level leaders. And I would just ask as we close, who are you following? I trust you're following Jesus first. He is the most next level leader of anyone who has ever lived. And he is worth following. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And those who follow you will also follow him. Thank you, Jesus, for our time together. We give you all the praise. We give you thanks in your name. Amen.